Welcome to Behind the Body, the ultimate podcast exploring all things health, fitness, and lifestyle for women of all ages. Join your hosts, Andrea and Anna, as they bring you expert insights, personal anecdotes, and practical tips to help you live your best life. Whether you're a fitness enthusiast or just starting out, Behind the Body has got you covered. So grab your headphones, turn up the volume, and let's dive in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Body. We have a very important topic that we want to talk about today. I don't know, maybe like a little sensitive, just it's, I think, something that's really relatable, not only to us, but probably to many of the viewers that are watching this. But today we're going to talk about body dysmorphic disorder, otherwise known as BDD. And we'll refer to it as BDD because Anna has trouble saying body dysmorphic disorder. <laughs> I swear that I practice so much, but BDD sounds so much better in my accent. <laughs> I, I agree. So from here on out, body dysmorphic disorder, we'll call BDD. Yeah. And it is very sensitive subject for sure. A special topic. And we decide to talk about this today because first we have, we don't have the disorder. But, we you know, we have all the, a lot of the symptoms and we always joke around say like, oh, you have, oh, you do have. But it's something very serious. And honestly, so many women that I know that work out with me or I know from the gym may doesn't have the disorder yet, but it is, you know, very hard to deal with the the, your own image. And I think the BDD, you can easily get there if you don't watch out yourself. So I think we want to, the message today want to bring is first information because if you have the information, it's easier to you figure this out and may, you know, go ask for help. And if you're not there yet, realize that, it, you know, we need to be more nice with ourselves because is everything about it, our depression, the society. We're here to say we are not by yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I think that self-awareness is so important because I think, like you said, we joke about it like, oh, you have BDD and you tell me I have BDD, right? And it's this thing. We do. We, <laughs> yeah, but we, we, and, and, but we joke about it like it's so common and we say that so regularly, but it is a mental disorder that can, if not recognized or treated in some cases, like can go on to snowball to other mental health areas. And so I think that having self-awareness is critical. Yeah, because, you know, if you're not there yet, if you're not has if you don't have the disorder yet, like us, we struggle, but we fight. We work on the topics. We remember ourselves like, no, 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 no. That is the wrong way to go. And again, as everything in life, Control your mind is the most important thing. Thank God that we are doing that good. Even we do have, you know, moments that we doubt, that we put ourselves on that situation and have the feeling. But we also know that, yeah, we are beautiful the way that we are and we love ourselves. So we are safe. But because we are practicing. And we and we check ourselves. Yeah, we check we ourselves and we check each other. True. The point of this episode is to just bring awareness to BDD, right? And talk about what it is. What are some of the symptoms? Anna's going to talk a, lot about, a little bit about her experiences with BDD. And I will talk about some of mine. And then we're going to talk about some treatment options and some things that can maybe help going forward. But 
awareness is key. I think probably most of us hear body dysmorphic disorder or BDD and we're like, oh yeah, we kind of know, we know what that is, right? It's just like you feel like not attractive or ugly or you're focused on your flaws or whatever. And that is kind of what it is. But I wanted to give a, a more scientific or a more credible definition of it. So this is according to the Mayo Clinic. BDD is a mental health condition in which you can't stop thinking about one or more perceived flaws in your appearance. And these flaws are something that seem minor to other people or non-existent to other people. So that's the actual definition of BDD. So you see flaws in yourself, your appearance, whether that be, you know, your hair or your weight or like a birthmark or it could be anything. But if I was to look at you, I would say, well, that's nothing. Like, you know, like you look great. Like that's, I don't even notice that, you know, or I, I, you're beautiful. I don't see that flaw in you. So that's when you have it. And th- these flaws, according to the person with a BDD disorder, seem really big, right? Like really insurmountable, so much so that they can't stop obsessing over them. They can't stop looking in the mirror or they don't want to look in a mirror. You know, they um, don't want to take pictures or they seek out medical like cosmetic procedures in order to change the way that they look. So it's a really prevalent baser of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and that's what I mean. It's a really prevalent mental disorder that I I do think many of us carry around with us to some degree, right? And maybe not to the level like Anna was saying where we are we could be diagnosed with with BDD, but we certainly have characteristics of the symptoms in which we're talking about. And interestingly, as we were researching this topic, I thought it was so interesting that well, first of all, about two and a half percent of the total population have diagnosed body dysmorphic disorder BDD. And two percent is at the gym. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is probably true. <laughs> that is probably true. And so, two and a half percent of the population, but a lot of people with BDD are undiagnosed because it's hard to recognize. Like I said, you know, this is these symptoms that I just list, listed off, like obsessing over something about your appearance, um, not wanting to take pictures, looking in the mirror or not looking in the mirror, and all these things are so normal to us. So I don't think that we, that. We recognize we have BDD, um, in some cases, the ones that have it, that actually have the mental disorder. So a lot of cases go undiagnosed. But while we're just talking to women, I thought it was so interesting that actually more men than women have body dysmorphic disorder. So, and it's, it's marginal, it's two and a half percent of men, uh, have body dysmorphic disorder, 2.2% of women, but you know, they're not immune to it. And I just thought that was interesting. That surprised me for sure. Yeah. Because I always have the feeling that men are so confident that they don't care a lot about, you know, what the, the battle side for the picture or how my hair look like. But again, the insecurity, why sometimes it is hard to even to identify and, and have a part of the statistic because you don't speak up about this, most of the people. Or at least you're going to speak with someone that you are your friend, someone very close to you that you can open up something that it's so delicate. And I'm telling you that because in my case, for example, uh, I'm just going to tell a little bit what happened to me because it's what you said is like 100% the history of my life. So when I was a kid, I suffered a lot of bullying and about my nose, about my hair, because most the girls, and it was from my class, they have like a straight hair. 
I kill face, you know, and I was different. I always was a color like a shrimp. You know why shrimp? Like a short person? No. Oh. Because you take off the head and you eat the rest. That doesn't mean kids. It's why I decided to not have kids. Does that mean that you have a nice amazing body, body yeah. but the ugly face? We, I think, in the U.S., like the saying they would say is like you have butter face. Like everything is nice, but her face <laughs> so cruel. But again, that's like a you know yeah. that's a way to explain. And for me now, I'm joking around. You know that is not affecting me anymore. First, because when I grow up, I know that it, that it was a bully and. Just to be clear, they made a bull on me and I smacked the face. <laughs> I was brave. I want to cry, but I was like, you know, motherfuckers. Yeah. And bah! <laughs> because I've, inside I was quiet, but I was like, I don't care. I don't care. But I, I, you know, I grew up thinking like I was ugly with a good body. I was confident my entire life because, yes, I was so happy with my body and I, you know, find a way to put in my hair that I like it and all the makeup and all right. I'm 38. So when I was teenage, we didn't have all the social media stuff. So that actually didn't bother me when I was teenager. Well, you had nothing to compare yourself to yes. like we do today. So you were like you against them and yeah. you had enough confidence to be like, yeah, you know, you have a, a pretty face. I have a good ass. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> and I know your ass. I would take it in a second. It's why you know, my entire saying? life was about my baby ass. So, <laughs> and uh, then I started to compete in and the social media came very strong in my life because I had my, you know, my sponsors and everything. And when I realized that I need to talk with the video and put my face there is when I shock and so like, I cannot Wait, what do, do you mean it. when you had to talk? Oh, you mean with your, okay. Yes. So for those who are just tuning in, this is your first episode. Anna was a fitness competitor in the bikini division for bodybuilding. And I currently am. So we referenced that a little bit, but what you're saying is when you were very successful in And the social media started to happen in my life very strong. So I kind of started to deal again with the feelings yeah. because I, I started to compare myself with the other girls. And I I had a very good uh, success in my career, thank God. But I didn't have a show that my coach told to me, uh, he told me because I didn't have money to afford the makeup. And he told me, if you cannot pay, the, the makeup for the show. For the show. Yeah. yeah. It's a special kind of stage makeup that you need. And they help you to look like, you know, more feminine. You know, they bring the overall look. Yeah. And I couldn't pay. So I did my own makeup that wasn't good. And he was honestly to me like, you have the best body, but you need to have the overall look. Your be your beauty is very strong. So you need to have the a professional to bring that you know, the feminine. And that was so hard to hear. Why? Because I felt very ugly. Because he's saying that your body can win the show. You have strong facial features. So you need a makeup artist to bring out the femininity yeah. of your face. And after that, it's when I started to have an eating disorder because I took a time, I took a break. Uh, and I couldn't pay for the makeup. So I decided, okay, so I'm going to reorganize myself and I started to have eating disorder because that brought to me was something that I was feeling about my past, about my build, that was maybe going to be the end of my career because if I couldn't afford, I couldn't go to stage again. But that's okay. 
I took the time. I deal with like eating disorder for almost six months. And what did that look like, your eating disorder? Well, that was trash, terrible. I couldn't stop to eat. So you but were binge I, eating? Yeah, but I'm like eating anything. Like cold bean at 3 a.m. in the morning. I was just like, I cannot explain, but eating was what bring me... You know, the the feeling. Yeah, I think a lot of people enter into an eating disorder because of the control, right? there. There's other things in their life that they can't control. Maybe for you, it was that you felt a certain way about your appearance. You couldn't afford to do what you thought you needed yeah. to do to present yourself and the way your coach wanted to on stage. And so what you could control is what you put life in your mouth. Life was hard as well. You know, I was... When you're being testing, you know, it's it was a very hard time. But then I came back to stage and I won every single show that I did. How did you overcome your eating disorder? Putting myself that I have a problem enough that I couldn't have another one. I couldn't uh I couldn't afford a doctor. I couldn't be crazy. I, I need to help my mom. <laughs> so yeah, watching videos and internet studying about this and getting my connection with God and, you know, just working hard to competing again. So every time that I was feeling that I went to run and again, I never stopped to work out. I think that helped me a lot, you know, because I wasn't that bad because I was killing myself three, four hours at the gym and that I worth it. No, I still look fat, but I, I at least I couldn't be eating these three, four hours, and I wasn't, yeah. you know? And then now I I know that I have foods that I cannot start to eat because if I do, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop it, until I finish. You. Yeah, yeah. trigger you. And that's okay. Sometimes I'm go for, you know, one bar of chocolate. Most of the time I try to not eat. But again, back to the, 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 image, the, the BDD, I swear that it brought the word. It's so hard. But anyway, I retired for my competition. And again, I didn't have the disorder because I still look myself and see a beautiful woman. And every time that I, f that I felt ugly, I remember how I was good with people, what I did for other people around me. So like, I'm a good person. Yeah. I'm, I'm a sweet person. <laughs> I'm friendly. And people give him so much love. So... I think that's why I didn't get the disorder because I know my my other good points and I play good with them, you know. Okay, I'm not good in self, but body, but. And I always, you're never going to tell if you see me around that I had that problem, you know. And I went to Brazil and I started to make the change that I want because before I couldn't afford the makeup. Thank God that now I can. <laughs> and, and a little bit more. And a little bit more. And science in my dream was get my nose done. I did. That was always something that always. bothered you. Always. So when you, because I think that when we talk about BDD, we talk about obsessing over something of our appearance, right? I had it. But it's also when I think about your nose, and maybe you can like touch on this if this was a, if this was something that you went through. But well, first of all, when I met you and your old nose, I didn't never I never noticed your nose, right? Like because I look at you, and I think most of us look at people like. 
as a whole, you know, the whole thing. So I look at you like you are attractive. You're you're gorgeous, right? And because as a package, you are. Because inside I'm very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I agree. It's why I didn't feel uh, ugly. Yeah. I felt if I took a self, like, never mind. You know, if you're looking like to my face the whole time, you're going to feel like, you know, self-conscious. Yeah. Did anybody in your life, like any of your family or like your friends or anybody growing up, like uh, acknowledge that your nose could be a little bit smaller or could be a little bit different? My mom have done her nose twice. Okay. So, so it's a family problem. So <laughs> <laughs> and again, I decided to share because when I took the first self, I was 37 already. When I took the first self that I love it. Selfie. Selfie. <laughs> yeah, the selfie. <laughs> and was so good, the feeling to look to myself in my selfie and love it. Everything. My smiley, my face. I just felt beautiful. And of course, I didn't sound proceed, but nothing crazy. If you see, it's just, you know, you're not. You're it not. was so uh, subtle. But for me, it was something so yeah. healed. And now sometimes I look into the mirror and so like, I'm going to kiss you. <laughs> and tell myself that because I love what I see, you know. And I'm so comfortable to take pictures now and I don't edit anymore and it's so good the for me. The non-editing part is I think a huge obstacle to overcome because to feel that confident with yourself to not edit a photo I think is unique. And I also don't use a filter. I mean sometimes I do especially if I'm like a long day and I want to you know like make some histories and talk, I'm going to feel more relaxed. And sometimes it's a fun filter. It's not even true. I don't want to feel prettier because actually I'm not even feel pretty anymore with filters. It's just like because my makeup is destroyed. I My face looks like so tired. Which is, that's okay. Yeah. You're, you're doing Instagram stories at 5 a.m. when you're before you do your cardio and you put on a funny filter just to, I think we can all appreciate that you want to hide your no makeup yes. sleepy no, face no one you know? deserved that no, no even no. my son don't want to see that yeah. <laughs> but but again it's not out of like insecurity it's more like hey i maybe don't want to show this side of me to the world but i have something i want to say that you know yeah. which i think is understandable yeah but I, i'm so glad that now i am i able and it's a process you know, and what I can say, like, found a good light, found a good angle, do your skincare, take care of your hair, do your diet, drink your water, get better. Because for me now, I know that anything that was in my power or that is in my power right now, I'm doing it. Yeah. I did, I'm doing, I'm going to do it. But also, you need to be careful because, for example, I didn't proceed, but I didn't want to go crazy. I don't want to look like nobody. I want to have the nose that is more symmetric for my face. Because, again, if you have the BDD and you start to go crazy doing the proceed, well, procedures, procedures, it's going to be another problem. It's why you need to, it's good if we are bringing the information so you listen to us. If you feel like you have and that is a stronger than you, you cannot control that you are unhappy, 
that you feel, I felt miserable. I was like, oh my God, if I didn't have my makeup done, my hair done, if I was going to work before work, work as a cleaner and someone saw me, I didn't say hi because yeah. I was so ashamed. I hide myself. It's the freedom that I have right now, not because I feel or I think I'm perfect. No, I still, <laughs> I still have a little bit symptoms, but it's different. You know, I know that as a woman, we always going to need to lose five pounds. It's different. I was obsessed with my face to the point that uh, if I didn't, my everything, if I didn't have the filter, I'm not going to post the picture. You know, I wouldn't post the picture. Now I'm like, if I like the picture, who cares? I think that you, when we talk about filters, I think we can look at filters in a similar way as cosmetic procedures to mask our insecurities, to mask the things that we don't like about ourselves. But I think what's interesting about both of them is that with some exceptions, of course, if you're doing a modest surgery to enhance your features rather than just like completely change the way that they look, right? Like your nose, for example, you had your nose done to better fit the dimensions of your face, not to look like a completely different nose, right? Exactly. And I think that when we're using filters to mask or completely change the way that we look, and we're using cosmetic procedures to do the same thing, we're chasing this idea of what we think we want. But no matter how much that we do, we are never satisfied as somebody with body dysmorphic disorder because you're never okay. You never see yourself in a way that's that's fulfilling to you that you feel satisfied and confident and like, okay, this has changed something I'm insecure about and now I'm happy. Yeah, and you start to, if you didn't like before, you start to hate her. You know, every time that you see yourself in the future, like, oh my God, why I don't look like that? And that's what I mean when you see those people and and actually this is a this is a good segue into just like I think it's good to have friends who who check each other but when you see these women out in the wild you know I I at least for me I always think like gosh her lips are so huge for her face like she was probably so beautiful as is without the lips but now she has big huge lips and it just is like all you can think about but I I see this woman and I just feel so sad that she's chasing some standard of herself, you know, that maybe she doesn't even recognize anymore. And I think that this is good for you and I being so close and talking about everything is like when you had a little bit done in your lips and I said, please don't go too far because you don't, I don't want you to look like, you know, I don't want you to have like huge lips because you're so gorgeous as it is. And you were like just a little tiny bit. And the amount you did was so modest and you look so beautiful, but like, you know, it's nice to have friends and you do the same for me and keep me in check, but it's nice to have people that you can talk to about these things for sure. And who can help check, not check you, but you know, to help like keep you for the best sure. version of yourself. For sure. First, to be honestly, because um, sometimes your friend not going to, sometimes no, most of the time when you bring something, your friend not going to say what you want to listen. Right. Yeah. You like, you want to like your friend support you. So like, Oh, I'm fat. Yeah. You fat. Let's, you know, like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. She also think I'm fat. Or you want to do something, for example, oh, no, I want to be like, baby, it, it's good. You don't go crazy. Or I, I can, uh, that is a good time to bring your BDD, you know. 
Because thank God that you're having me in your life. Otherwise, you're going to be on the therapist not right now with some medication. I know. I know. And it's true. And that's like, that's why I'm thinking it just, it's, it just occurred to me now, or at least it brought light to the fact that we do have each other because of course I know this and we talk about it all the time, but how lucky we are because I don't know when you, when you have, like, for example, if I tell my husband, like, oh my gosh, I'm just like feeling so fat and bloated this, you know, today. And he's looking at me and he's like, you just shut up, <laughs> just shut up, you know? But like, it's also nice to have somebody who understands when I tell you I'm bloated, you're like, I know it's the water. I experience it too. But then these are the things that happen and the water leaves your body. You, then you feel a little bit skinnier and, you know, but you're, you're okay. And your muscles are still there and you can, you know. And-, and right after I record her doing the exercise and she see herself in another angle and she's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, well, my glutes is good. <laughs> and then she starts because that is the point. It's why she doesn't have the disorder because even it's hard for her still to recognize and see herself the way that we do. <laughs> because she's amazing, huh? <laughs> she knows, you know, because it took me a little bit of work, but I said like, you're crazy. Yeah. And I show her and people from the gym walk around and say like, oh my God. And they come to her and give a compliment. I feel like God's like, go go help your sister. She's crazy. <laughs> and even that, when she uh, get the compliments, tell us. Well, you know, it's just, it's like, um, it's hard for me to talk about too, actually, which is so weird. We just realized that how hard it is and, when we start to talk yeah. because I almost cried. I know. And I actually <laughs> feel like on the brink of crying for like some reason. I don't know why. But I, I would say like, if I look back, to my adolescence, right? And uh, about two thirds of people when they, you know, are diagnosed with body dysmorphic disorder, they're between, uh, or two thirds of them are before the age of 18, right? So that's how like impressionable young kids are to the pressures of society, even now social media. Thankfully, we didn't have it back then. But, you know, regardless, and I I remember when I was very young and uh, elementary school, and I used to get made fun of for my forehead. I was telling you this because I have a big forehead. And they used to call me five head. And I remember thinking back to that time, like, yeah, I was very insecure about it. I, of course, it didn't feel good when they would say that and then laugh, you know. But then all of a sudden, I remember one day thinking like, I'm happy. Like, I don't look like any of you guys. I'm happy with my big forehead because like I'm different, you know, and and I will embrace that. You know what I mean? And so like, I don't know if somebody told me that maybe my family or like somebody put that in my head, but I was like, I'm going to turn that around. But I would say that I went the majority of my life since then feeling pretty confident, like not really obsessing over anything. Of course I have like I feel even like it's sad that we have to say, of course, but like, you know, the like wanting to be skinny, you know, wanting to lose weight. All Again, that kind of stuff. we always going to have five pounds to lose. It is true. And so I've always have like that roller coaster, but I've never been obsessive about anything really about my body until I started bodybuilding. And so if you're watching this for the first time, I uh, decided to compete in my first bodybuilding show at age 40. And that's when I was actually introduced into the world of bodybuilding. I didn't know much about it beforehand. And so, you know, the process of getting very, very, very lean and very, very, very cut in the gym, you become this person. And then, of course, you can't stay that lean forever. So you put some weight back on which is healthy, which is the right way, the right thing to do. And you start to gain a little bit of weight and all of a sudden that just fucks with your head. And then you do it again for the next show and you're, ba- you know, bouncing back and then again for the next show and bouncing back. And your stand is just getting high. Yes. Higher because, you know, you had like 
it's just is uh is unreal the way that we look when we are ready for a show all the muscle all the tiny all the you the know definition the, everything. Like everything we just love to be that skinny but it's not sustainable no. and the point is we are that way for so long i remember when you retired it took me a year to accept it my curves your new normal like your your normal body weight essentially because I looked like I had, I was 15 yeah. and I was 33 when I, when I retired and now I'm 38, feeling so good about it, almost 39 <laughs> and I feel like a hot woman, you know, uh, but before I felt fat, even I still deal with some like now I'm, I'm feel confident enough to go to the beach and put the bikini on, but it uh, took me Oh my gosh, I don't want to go to the beach when I know people around, especially people who doesn't know me, but know me, you know, from social media or from the gym is weird the way that they are shaking you out to see like, oh, let me see her body. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, they are judging my body. They see my belly. Yeah. And, you know, probably they're like, oh, look at her bunda, look at her ass, look yeah. at her body in a positive way. But it's the way that we feel. It's not, the, it's not about nobody, it's about us. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I was so used for five years to be so tiny. My weight was 25, 30 pounds less than now. So... It is, uh, wow, it is hard. And it's why I think 2% of the, the world population that have the, the BDD is at the gym. Because even today, I talked with two beautiful women and they are real, they are athletes. And they're like, oh my God, the subject is going to be so nice, so important because I'm struggling with or I had just. I struggled before because when you go into the fitness that you have, you know, everyone, especially at the gym, everyone looks so good and you want to look good too. And sometimes you do look good, but you still feeling depression of the society, you know, and in the fitness, I think it's why you start to have because before you are the most fit people in my world in my yeah. group right yeah i think that's true like i already had a good level of fitness and so to compare myself to anybody i'm like oh i'm doing pretty well and now that i'm competing i compare myself to i i'm surrounded by very fit people every day for hours and then i go to compete and but in between working out and compete you know actually stepping on stage i'm looking at all these competitors on Instagram. And I've, I've said it on a podcast before, like, you know, I could be feeling really good and confident about myself and then just happen to open Instagram and start scrolling a lot of my for you page or like a lot of my feed are, are bikini competitors. And in a matter of 15 seconds, I a switch can flip and I can automatically go from like feeling good and confident to feeling depressed and like not good enough. And I tell her like, you know, that girl that is a Photoshop. Well, I you well, know the other one is angle. Yeah, I, I will <sighs> never forget. And and this is I this is why I think awareness is so key, or like reflection, or I, I will never forget. It was last year, my last competition in November, and I had been. This is my third com competition of the season, and I was very lean, but also feeling like just not good enough, not like at my prime yet, still a lot of work to be done. And I was looking at competitors who were like tagging the show I was going to do. So I could see a lot of the uh, bikini competitors that I would be competing against or that would be at the competing in the same show. And I 
swear they looked amazing. And I was like, I am absolutely nowhere in line with these women. And so here's my fate, right? Like, I'm just not going to do well. These women blow me out of the water. And then when I went to the show, I started to see some of them, recognize them from Instagram and realize like, well, did you Photoshop your, you know, Instagram? Like it just what it, the, my, the reality on social media, what I saw, my perception was so different than than how I saw these women in real life. And of course, they're so beautiful. I'm not knocking them. But what I'm saying is reality on Instagram is not reality in real life. I don't think I need to tell that's not news to anybody. But that was to me so eye opening that I was like, I should not ever look at social media or compare myself to any of these women again. And I'm glad that she she saw that with her eyes because I kept telling her like, listen, that is angle. Listen, that is light. I never look at the social media when I was competing ever because I'm the kind of one that I focus on my way and I don't look to the side. I have no time for that. And the only time that I did and I almost lose for myself. Yeah. Almost I lost for myself. And I want, thank God. But they just like, what is going on? Where you are, you know, like bring it. Because I was so worried. And again, uh about the Photoshop and even their feet and even their athlete. Trust me. People are going so crazy with the the B, uh, BDD that they Photoshop and they stage in picture. It blows my mind that so somebody on stage who basically does an entire prep, who builds this beautiful structure and the muscle to be able to step on stage in a bikini to compete would actually edit their stage photos is so sad to me because that should be you at your prime, you know, and, and I say prime, like you're not necessarily healthy. It's not a prime for everybody, but like you work so hard for that, that to edit those photos is really sad. In my opinion, that is a big sign on that may you should uh, go to, you know, see a therapist or asking for help. It's like, for example, sometimes I love the picture, but the angle didn't, you know, was good for, wasn't good for me. You know what I do? I don't post. Why? Because if that is my memories, I want to look back. I'm a personal trainer. You know, Photoshop my pictures. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, what the point? Well, and I, I posted the picture of me, the stage photo that I did not love. I just, I didn't love it. I, it wasn't my best physique. It wasn't my best pose. But I posted it on my Instagram page because I wanted to commemorate the memory for myself. I wanted to to set the moment in myself for my own timeline. And I do feel like if I did not post that picture, it would just be for my ego. Because yeah. my I didn't want my I don't want my ego to get bruised. I don't want people to be like, oh my gosh, she doesn't look good or why would she post that picture? That's my ego speaking. So I literally acknowledge that and I say, thank you for coming, but I'm gonna post this picture anyway because it's not about the ego. It's about one day looking back to my timeline and saying, I did that. And I may not have looked great, but I got first place. The picture may have not have looked amazing, but I got first places. Like I was amazing. And, and again, she does look amazing the picture. She does. I love the picture, but I know she see herself over there. She picture give it to us a little bit of weight. It's like here. I'm on diet because the the the, the YouTube. <laughs> because the first time that I see myself, they come like, oh, 
I, who is that girl? <laughs> she has the same accent than I. They give you, what is not the camera add 10 pounds or something? At least. Yeah. For me, it was 15, I think. It wasn't the chocolate. But anyway, it is a beautiful picture. But again, that is a symptom of the uh, BDD. And that is the way to fight against. That's true. And and I think that when we, um, when I'm thinking about the other ways that we were talking about too, in which I like exhibit BDD symptoms or BDD like symptoms is with exception of like maybe you and maybe uh, a couple other people like if anybody compliments my body or if anybody compliments my physique or my hard work or anything, I, it, it does not even phase me. And I could get all the compliments in the world and it doesn't even, it goes in one ear and out the other. And I could still think in my head, like I am n- not good enough. She takes mine because I smash her face five times when she doesn't. So well, <laughs> I take yours because I trust you implicitly and we spend a lot of time together. And so I, and I know you your your credibility is that you will tell me the truth and when it's hard to tell 100%. me hundred percent and then so I can trust that when you're honest also and that is also you know a way to you have to fight because again we want to bring that now because we have the solution we are now specialists we actually gonna keep talking about this with a specialist and bring her perspective. That is our perspective with, you know, we study a little bit about it. And again, thank God, because knowledge is freedom. I feel so much better now that I have more knowledge about it. And I do have a few symptoms still, and I'm I'm going to take it better. Because at the end of the day, it's about be happy, right? And how we can be happy if... We don't accept and love ourselves the way that we are. True. May you don't love me. That's okay. You know, but I need to love myself. May you don't like my face even I make out the chance, but I love it. And that is what matters for me right now. Yeah. May you're going to say something bad. I'm going to smash your face. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> we grew out of that, right? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I think the important thing is, is to find, like you said, your mind is everything. It It is the slight switch for every single thing in your life, good and bad. And if you can acknowledge some symptoms of BDD that you may have, like we do, you can educate yourself on these. And that's going to, that awareness in itself is going to allow you the opportunity to say, okay, I'm thinking this thought that I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm thinking this thought that I, my nose is terrible or my skin is terrible or I need to edit this picture. And I just encourage you like to talk yourself, like to reverse that dialogue in your head and talk about what is good about you. Because listen, nobody's perfect. You're, and even if you're perfect in somebody's mind, you're not going to be in somebody else's eyes. Like it, it's just like you cannot satisfy or please everyone. So all you need to do is focus on satisfying satisfying and pleasing yourself and loving yourself. And make sure that you are doing your best for yourself because most of the time when we are like uh, feeling very down about this, it's because deep in us, we know we are not doing nothing to get better, you know, for example, do your do, do the things that you know that if you do, you're going to look better because sometimes you, you are overweight. It's in your power, you know? Why are you going to be, oh, poor me, I'm overweight. No, my dear. Do your diet, yeah. you know? 
asking for help, if you don't know how to start, you have the power to fix it. And if you don't, accept it. It's one less problem that you're going to have. Exactly. And if you know, for example, for me, why even I was dealing with all these, you know, selfie... Selfie? Uh No. Oh, your uh, self-consciousness of your nose, yeah. Uh, self-conscious? Uh-huh. Mm. So. <laughs> insecurity. Words, you were dealing insecurity. with the insecurity yeah. of your nose. I was very confident because at the end of the day, I know that I did everything that I could to look better, yeah. to feel better, you know? And it's why my hair, you're always going to be, uh, you're always going to see me around at the gym or whatever go with my hair down, my makeup, my outfit killed, my shoes. Because I love to see myself and, you know, feel like, all right, you did your best. And on the flip side, you're often going to see me at the gym with no makeup. I mean, I like to wear cute clothes, (laughs) but like I'm saying, with my hair in a greasy, sweaty bun and no makeup because... I've accepted myself looking not my best at the gym or not my best in a lot of situations when I'm not like not wearing makeup or not dressed up because like I'm I'm I find the confidence within myself and like I that's okay for me. And you still love it. I thought I never could uh go anywhere without makeup. And then we met, I start, you know, do better care of my my face, doing my skincare. Now I can go. I can wake up, put in my, my, just my sunscreen and go. Because the act of taking care of yourself and making improvements gives you the confidence, you know? And I'm saying like, maybe, maybe nothing's even changed, right? And you need to see a a doctor. You need to ask for help because it's when you start to have the disorder. Exactly. You know, when you, for example, I thank God that I couldn't handle that. You know, I'm, I still dealing with you here and there. We all have a little bit doubt that it's normal, but, uh, I couldn't go very to a depression, you know. I went to an organ dis, uh, disorder because that, because one disorder brings the other one, and it's like you're going deep, 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 and it's hard to see, you know, again to to get the air. Yeah. You're just going down, 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 and it's why you need to watch out yourself. It is I, I again. You're always gonna be me, gonna see me in my A game, but I start to feel comfort, uh, comfortable and confident if I don't have all the makeup as well. You know, the fact that I love to see myself in the other way. You know, That's but progress. I, progress. I, I, I look to the mirror like, all right, you know, maybe there, but again, so. I think, yeah, if you if you listen to us, if you are watching us, we're going to put it right down. Like, I have, a, like, a questionnaire that you can fill it up. And, what? Uh, questionnaire. Some questions that you can answer oh. in your in your house. A questionnaire. A questionnaire. <laughs> so she has, a, you have a questionnaire that I you're going to, yeah. we're going to, uh, we're going to. Now my brain is crazy. I don't know. I do have that. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> she got me. Thank <laughs> so uh, we're going to put it on the comments. So I think it's interesting. You guys make the test. Yeah. Take the questionnaire just to answer a few questions and see if perhaps you could have BDD symptom like or actual symptoms of the um, mental health disorder. And again, like Anna mentioned, we are by no means experts. We do not have backgrounds in uh, mental health or in medicine. But if you Anything here that we talked about resonates you and you think you might have body dysmorphic disorder, 
I encourage you to research it a little bit, but also um, speak to a healthcare professional, to a therapist, which for the record, I think everybody should be talking to a therapist regardless. It's so good. You for know, sure. It's just for so sure. Good. But but we encourage you to do that. And as Anna also mentioned, we have a good friend um, who is a therapist who we will have on the show. So if you have any questions specific to BDD, or we'll be actually putting on a poll on Instagram just for any other general questions that you would like her to answer from a healthcare professional standpoint, let us know in the comments below because we'll definitely com- be compiling those to have her answer and give her professional uh Yeah, I think it's going to be amazing because, again, it's a very, we could have stayed talking here forever about this. We have so many more examples of in our own personal lives of how we experience symptoms of BDD. And I want to say, Andrea, I'm very proud of you because, (laughs) uh, as I told you before, she had improved so much before not even myself she got my my compliment, you know, about her progress picture. And we had so many, you know, tough conversations about this. And from last year, specifically that she was, I think the social media, I think you stopped it uh, to go, you know, look into to the other girls in social media. That I think it is one thing that helped it because you are so focused on yourself. But I never gonna forget the first time that she told me, okay, I can see that my gluts, made my gluts had improved. So like, oh, bitch. I know. After all the work, of course. <laughs> but that's the way to combat, I think, um, a lot of times those symptoms of BDD is you are focusing so much on the negative. I mean, like, you know, I told you we can go on a million examples, but every time I look at a picture, every time I look at anything, I a video, I automatically see the negative. I'm, I'm picking out the five negative things. When you're telling me, here's your, look at your progress and you show me a video, I am not looking at the progress. I'm looking at all the things that are wrong with that video, right? But I, and I showed the entire gym in front of her. So everyone is telling the same, but I doesn't know. help. But it doesn't matter because it just matters like w- what you think in your head, right? Like, because anybody could, BDD is like when you're acknowledging or obsessing over an issue that other people can't see or recognize, right? So like, so you have to have that in your own head, that that confidence, that like ability to flip the narrative in your head and say, okay, yes, maybe there are things that I don't like about myself, but look at how, look at the things that are good, right? Like let's, let's flip, activate my brain to say, no, we're not focusing on the negative. Find something positive because there is one. Exactly. It's why every time that when she complains about something and show her that she has so many other reasons to be happy about it. And again, it is progress, ladies. If we can control our mind, we got anything that we want. Job, you know, when we talk professional about our professional career, when you talk about our relationship, and again about ourselves, it's here. The the thoughts is gonna the thoughts is gonna bring your actions. The thoughts is gonna bring your you know what you're gonna say. What you're gonna say, you're gonna become what you say. So, what you tell yourself, you're gonna become that. It's again. We always say the when you go to the gym, why that is so important for so many areas of in your life, because you control your mind and you say you're gonna do it even you don't feel like 
do it. Well, and when I, when I, to be honest, like when I look at a picture or a video of myself and I start to think like, okay, don't focus on the negative, find something positive. If that doesn't work, because it doesn't always work, the at least I can fall back on the fact that I work hard to get results, right? So like if I'm just talking about my physical attributes, let's just, I'm talking about my body, my physique, I at least know if I don't see myself looking good in a picture, I can say, but I eat well and I drink a ton of water and I get good quality sleep every night and I, I hustle 110% in the gym. So like there's nothing more I can do. I put a 10 plates on the hip truss. I, I put a yeah. 16 on the leg press. Yes, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like I, I can fall back on the effort and the actions that I put into it. So like that's why you when you were saying like then do do something about it, right? Like Like start to put action. If you feel like you're obsessing over your weight, well, like put some things into place. That do cardio, do your diet. Do, just drink more water. Sleep it better. Cut out sodas. Like there's little things that you can do and those actions compound and give you the confidence because you're doing something hard or something that's uncomfortable, right? And it, and it helps your mind get into a positive, productive space. Don't be lazy with yourself. Yeah. Okay? Don't be a lazy person. Don't throw, out, throw yourself in the sofa and wish... You have a better hair. Go wash your hair. Go oh. dry your hair. You know. I don't wash my hair that often. Oh, don't. Yeah, me <laughs> I'd either. much rather lay on the couch. <laughs> wash my hair, but no. No, we do. But I'm kidding. But yes, you're. You know, because yes, take time. Yes, sometimes I need to wake up earlier to do everything that I that I do to get ready. But it's the way that I love myself, and I find it. So if you didn't find yet, still looking for. Ask yourself. What what I don't like in myself. Okay. Can I fix? I cannot fix. Can I make it better? Okay. What do I need to do? What the first step? Don't don't overwhelm it. Don't like thinking about, okay, I want to be on the third floor. You are on the first floor. Thinking about the, the, steps. Out, the steps you're going to need to make to get there. And again, if it's too hard, ask for help. When we start to have the disorder, the mental mental disorder that it's included the the BDD, the eating disorder, the the depression, we need help. So if you are feeling yourself low and you tried everything and it's not working, ask for help. Life is beautiful. Come on. And we are beautiful. We only have one of them. So you want to make the most of it and it's not worth um spending time in a state of depression or anxiety or with the mental health disorder if you can talk about it because sometimes just talking about it sometimes just saying the words out loud help you to work through it in your mind and i can say this personally having attended a lot of therapy in my life yeah. you know sometimes just saying how you feel allows you to be introspective about like oh Oh, like yeah. that's how I feel. And like, like, why is that? Right, yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes you can even help yourself just by talking about it. So anyway, no shame in the therapy game. I encourage everybody to do it. And so I'm a big fan, but. Um, <laughs> You're right. Yeah. But anyway, I think that's all for me. Anything I, else you want to add? No. Okay. No, I think, I think we, I hope you guys, you know, uh, got the message that we want to share because it's coming from the bottom of our heart 
And our intention here is not be the owner of the right. It's how we say in Brazil, the dono da verdade. <laughs> but it's about to, to bring our perspective, uh, bring some knowledge and... Let you know you're not alone. And may help you, yeah. you know. And I want to say thank you so much, everyone who come to talk to us at the gym, you know. Or our... sends us messages or oh. notes, like watching our podcast. Subscribe. Oh, yeah. Subscribe. <laughs> like, subscribe, same to the friends, right? We always forget about this, but uh, it's something that we need to do. Yeah. So... Anyway, more people can see us because at the end of the day, that is our intention. We want to, as a woman, we just want to help as many women as we can. And I'm so happy, honestly, to see the girls come to like, oh my God, I like it. Oh my God, I sent you my friend. I sent you my sister. It's that, you know, I always say that. Together, we are stronger. I'm not better than nobody. Andrea, the same. We are, are the same. Maybe we are in a different situation. It's like for me, I went through very hard and tough times in my life. But it, I feel in my heart that it was God prepping me to give my testimony and be here and share my message, my thoughts with my best. And if you guys have anything that you guys want to know more, let us know, right? Yeah. And also curious to see just your overall thoughts on this topic and does anything we said resonate with you. And of course, like I mentioned, leave your questions below in the comment section so we can have our friend who is a therapist answer them from a professional standpoint or send us a DM too. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you can always reach us at Behind the Bod and uh, you can send us a DM and, and we can compile those questions to yes. get them answered. But yes, anyway, great topic. I think there's so much more to say, but thank you, babe, for sharing your story too because I know it's hard for... Oh my God, it was intense. I was like, okay, I can share. And then I was in tears know, like, oh my God. Right? I know gonna... it is such a sense. It's, it's, I think it's just... Uh, um, very vulnerable uh, position yeah. to be in to talk about like your insecurities and to yeah. talk about the things that go on in your head that most of the time we don't communicate to anybody you know yeah, it's and also open up you know for people who I don't know yeah. and may gonna make fun and or judge, judge. Yeah. but to that point I don't care no that's I'm, why we're I'm here to be our authentic for self. who is here because lovers because have some connection or because you need help yeah. The other people, you can stay there to make some views on the videos. You are also welcome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, with that, thank you so much for listening. Like Anna said, please like, subscribe. Let us know in the comments anything that you, any feedback you have, anything that, any questions that you may have. And uh, we will talk to you next time on Behind the Body. Bye. And I hope you are doing your cardio right now when you listen <laughs> to us. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Behind the Body, the podcast that's all about helping women prioritize their health and wellness. Remember, small steps can lead to big results and progress, not perfection, is the goal. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube and let us know what topics you want us to cover next. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on Behind the Body.